Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is the reading from the Gospel according to St. John. In the name of Jesus, amen. On Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we had a reading from the Gospel according to St. John from the first chapter that talked about Jesus' glory. We heard these words, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And today, our Gospel reading, again from John, but from chapter 2, concludes with these words, This, the first of His signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested His glory. The way that Jesus first made his glory known to us is this. He goes to a wedding and turns a lot of water into a lot of wine. It's probably not what we were expecting. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld him turn around 150 gallons of water into wine. Now, it's not that there isn't a miraculous element here. I can't turn even one gallon of water into supermarket special wine let alone turn 150 gallons into the best wine of the feast. But of all the miraculous ways that Jesus might have chosen to make known his glory, why this one, turning water into wine? And to that point, how does this miracle even make Jesus' glory known? The first revelation that comes from this is that in this sign we see that God's ways are not our ways. This Messiah who's coming, who does reveal the glory of the Father to us, he's not going to do the kind of things that we would have expected. Whatever we thought was going on, Jesus is apparently going to be doing something quite different. And the oddity of Jesus' ministry goes right through to the end of the gospel account and beyond. Because Jesus preaches in synagogues and the temple, but he finds his disciples among fishermen and even Samaritans. Jesus identifies himself as the I am, the eternal God, and yet he kneels down and washes his own disciples' feet. Jesus rejects every attempt that people make to crown him king until he accepts Pilate, crowning him with thorns and enthroning him on a cross. Jesus, he rises from the dead, and then he entrusts his kingdom to a collection of disciples who had run away after promising to stick with him until death, and who had even denied him. And then the final sign that he performs before ascending into heaven is helping those same disciples catch 153 large fish. So all things considered, it might be strange if Jesus' first sign wasn't something like turning a lot of water into wine. And it seems just about right that the whole occasion for the miracle was that there either wasn't enough wine for the wedding, or that the wedding guests had, well, drunk quite a bit of wine already. Jesus manifests his glory by providing a good gift for a celebration of God's good gift of marriage. This first of Jesus' signs is, you might say, a bit unnecessary in the way that all good things are unnecessary. Jesus didn't have to provide wine, certainly not good wine, 
We don't know why it was that they were short on wine, and it doesn't really matter. Jesus doesn't give the gift because it's deserved, but because he is good, and he gives good gifts. And that, indeed, is exactly what he has come to do. Indeed, the situation, the setting for this miracle, is itself part of the first sign that Jesus gives. For marriage itself is just such a good gift of God to us. It is God's idea to give the joys of marriage. We mess it up and abuse the gift, but God doesn't stop giving the gift, nor does he remove the gift of children from it. And every part of Jesus' ministry, from the first sign in Cana of Galilee to the gifts prepared for you this morning in the divine service, are part of this unnecessary, extravagant, divine generosity that God gives good gifts not because we deserve it, but because he is good. And Jesus makes his glory known by giving freely and beyond any measure of what is deserved. Jesus makes his glory known as the one who gives good gifts. And the scandal, you might say, of Jesus turning all of this water into wine is nothing less than the scandal of the God who saves sinners through the foolishness of the cross. We should not abuse the forgiveness freely given us in the church any more than we should abuse the gift of wine or of marriage. And neither should we reject these gifts as God gives them. Did any of the wedding guests abuse the wine that they had at the wedding? Maybe. Do sinners ever take advantage of the mercy of God? Absolutely. There is a danger, you might say, of us becoming too precious about the gifts that God gives, almost as if we think that we have to save God from himself, attach strings to forgiveness, lest it be abused, put some standards in place to make sure that not just anybody gets forgiven, make sure that God's gifts don't end up with those who don't really deserve them. The glory of God, the glory that he makes known to us in Jesus, the Word made flesh, is that Jesus has come to save sinners. And not just to rescue sinners from the death of their sins, the death that they deserved, but actually to take those sinners and make them to be saints, to make them to be children of God and to heirs of the kingdom. So of all the miraculous ways that Jesus might have chosen to first make known his glory, he chooses this one turning water into wine. He comes to a celebration of the gift that he gave at creation, the gift of creating man, male, and female, and joining them together in one flesh, bringing new life into the world. And he comes to a celebration that is missing more than just wine. For this marriage that is being celebrated, like every marriage since Adam and Eve, will be marked by sin and ultimately death. But Jesus comes to this celebration and he takes jars full of water for purification and he makes them full of wine so that he might point us towards his own blood that will be shed for our purification. He provides wine for the celebration of this marriage and sets in motion the hour of his death, his death that will free man, male and female, from sin and death. And he makes the water to be wine in anticipation of the wine that he makes to be his blood. His blood offered to you, his bride, the church, the cup of the forgiveness of all your sins, of purification unto life everlasting. Jesus does this miracle indeed, this sign to make known his glory, that he is the word made flesh, that he has come to purify you from your sins, 
not because you have deserved it, but because He is good, that indeed He has brought you to have a place at the table of the Father, a place at the marriage feast of the Lamb in His kingdom. It is for this purpose that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, that He might win you for His own and bring you to dwell with Him in His house, in the house of His Father, that His glory in a wondrous miracle might be made known to you, that He has taken you and made you to be His, freed and cleansed from sin, because He is good and He loves you and He has made you to be His own bride, the church. To Him be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.